Hi, everybody. This is David Bazanis with the Oldham Chamber and Economic Development Office. I'm here with Sandy Hamilton, and we are going to talk business in Oldham County. We're going to talk about news. We're going to talk about... I bet we end up talking about COVID. Do you think we'll end up talking about COVID? Probably. Probably going to talk about COVID at some point, whether you like it or not. Can't get away from it. We're going to talk about what the business community is up to in Oldham County, what our chamber programs are, uh, the status of our chamber programs. I mean, that'd be nice to, to let people know. Yeah. Um, and just all around try to try to have a good, wholesome conversation as we kick off the first of our Oldham County Business Podcast, where we're going to have local celebrities, <laughs> <laughs> elected officials, business people, and uh, hopefully a lot of uh, great local conversation. So uh, sit back and relax, and we'll start the show. All right. We are sitting in the nerve center of the Oldham Chamber offices at 204 South 1st Avenue in LaGrange. That's a, as you approach the Main Street District. We're on the left at what was the old Bell South building. At one time, it was the old era, uh, Oldham era, and it was also the Copper Awning. It's now the... Oldham Chamber and Economic Development Office, and we are sharing space with Oldham County Tourism. Um, so this has been a big change in our organization. We had been housed in City Place since 2014, and as the Rawlings Group and the Rawlings Foundation had changed around uh, their offices, we have moved from that location with um, a lot of support from the business community, uh, including the Rawlings Group and uh, a lot of our top investors and uh, a lot of those uh, that, that need to be mentioned that I can't go through that list right now. We'll probably have a special uh, conversation about that. But um, we are in the new chamber offices. We are looking forward to being able to host events again. Uh, we've had very few in-person events uh, since the beginning of COVID. However, we have managed to pull off um, golf scrambles and some workshops, um, a couple of OSED talks and some ribbon cuttings and whatnot. So we've, we've had some activity, but the days of the large luncheons, like the Celebration of Limit, women, Oldham County into the year. Um, you know, we're waiting for opportunities to be able to host those again, have a great live in-person event. And we've really, um, I've, I've, I don't like to have bad events. I don't want to have Zoom events for something that's significant like those. So what we're trying to do is pivot. Um, we're looking forward to the warm weather coming up so we can offer a lot more outdoor type events that put people in, I guess, a safer uh, environment. So in addition to our Oldham County uh, annual golf scramble that we have at Oldham County Country Club, which this year will be held on Friday, August 13th, 13th. Um, Friday the 13th doesn't scare us one bit. Bring it on. You know, what could happen? What could go wrong, right? Just kidding. Um, in addition to that, we're considering an additional golf scramble uh, later in the fall and also planning right now or going through some due diligence on uh, a clay shoot uh event that we think could be fun. But there'll always be fun opportunities to engage and network. Um, upcoming, we have our uh, Power Hour, which is going to be held um, next Friday on February 12th at noon. We're going to have that. Um, we're, the, the destination is to be determined. Uh, we're going to try to have this at Wilder Cafe. We're not sure exactly how many of us they can accommodate there. So there will be some limitation to the seating, even though that's a free event. Um, it's a popular event. Um, and we have a new title sponsor of that. Uh, Power Hour is probably our, our most, one of our most uh, popular uh, networking events because um, we get a good turnout for it. It's, we host it at a different restaurant in Oldham County each month. Uh, but Paducah Bank is new to Oldham County and new to our Chamber Top Investment Program. They are the title sponsor of Power Hour and looking forward to working with Felicia Dowdy and the crew from Paducah Bank, um, very thankful of their investment in us. It makes it possible for us to continue to put on programs and staffing. Um, so welcome, Paducah Bank, our title sponsor for Power Hour. Um, and again, that will be hopefully on uh, at Wilder Cafe on February 12th. In addition to that, we have another um, ribbon cutting. You know, it's, it's scary um, for business owners to be in this environment. But, you know, despite the challenges and the setbacks that the COVID uh, impact has had on the business community, we have had numerous ribbon cuttings and businesses that have opened during this, uh, this time period. So um, it's, we have a great community that supports our local businesses, but Prost 
Brew Pub is opening in, has opened in, um, in downtown LaGrange. It's, it's where uh, Big R's used to be located. At, uh, it's on Walnut and Jefferson at the corner there. Right. Um, another new uh, Main Street business, Riva Chic, is right next door to it. But Prost is a brew pub. It's got um, a, a menu of German cuisine that looks really impressive. Um, it, it's got a great atmosphere. And it's another business that's growing in downtown LaGrange that's really kind of improved and, and changed the, I guess, the personality a little bit of Main Street. So we're excited to welcome Prost um, to the business community. So on February 18th, I believe at 11 a.m., we're going to have a uh, ribbon cutting at Prost, uh, Walnut, and Jefferson in LaGrange. So make sure you look out for that. These will also be in your chamber updates that come through your email. And finally, um, to promote events, an edge workshop on February 19th at 9 a.m. We are currently trying to um, confirm who our speaker is going to be. So I can't announce what the workshop is going to be on. Our last one we just had uh, was uh, hosted by uh, Jordan Cooper from Blenderhead Media, who did a really fantastic presentation. You can see that on our YouTube channel. Uh, but did a, And you could also see that on um, our Facebook Live page. Um, so you can go back and see Jordan's presentation there. But um, Edge Workshops are sponsored by First National Bank of Kentucky. Um, Doug Miles and Tyler Manningly and that crew out of First National, we very appreciative of. They've been sponsors for, for that program and the Oldham County of the Year for uh, many years now. So excited to have an Edge Workshop on February 19th at uh, 9 a.m. By the way, the Prost... Ribbon cutting, I said, was at 11 a.m. on uh, the 18th of February. It's actually going to be 11.30 a.m., so be looking in your mailbox for that. But uh, we're looking forward to all the upcoming events. We hope to see you there, and feel free to reach out to our office uh, to confirm that you're going to attend, or you can click on the links in your communications. Uh, we do like, even though these events are free to attend, we do like to kind of get a sense of how many people are going to show up so we can make sure that we're effectively socially dis- distancing. And uh, one thing on the probes ribbon cutting, he wanted to par- have it at the 1130 hour so that uh, he would in- have some food oh, uh, right. and uh, invite the people in to have a taste or two. Oh, so, that uh, sounds great. Yeah. Well, and German cuisine, we've got, I mean, <clears throat> it's funny. We, there's a lot of great Mexican restaurants in Oldham County. Um, Holden County has actually a, a really great variety of independent restaurants between uh, now Prost, um, 119 West Main's got a great uh, menu, was just featured on Food Network, uh, the Bourbon and Ale House in uh, LaGrange, Taste of Thai in Crestwood, um, Wilder's Cafe in Crestwood, uh, Crestwood Bistro, Red Pepper. I mean, we've got a, a, a great variety of independent restaurant train, chains that really give us a good um, a good mix of opportunities for people to eat locally. Um, and, you know, speaking of First National Bank, one of their sponsorships has been a restaurant initiative we have had in this month of January where we have uh, purchased from local restaurants gift cards and made them gifts to other businesses in different areas of the county. And one of the things we recognized was, obviously, the restaurant business is a challenge right now with the pandemic, but also... We think that there are a lot of people that don't know about the great restaurants in Crestwood, uh, a lot of people in LaGrange that don't know about that, and a lot of people in Crestwood that don't know about the great restaurants in LaGrange. So um, you would you would be surprised to know that uh, when you look at a leakage report for different types of businesses in the county, uh, one of the interesting things is uh, that auto parts stores, actually um, more people in Oldham County buy auto parts from auto parts stores not located in Oldham County than the ones in Oldham County. And we have numerous ones in Oldham County. Um, and that's, that's a pretty interesting statistic, but it also kind of goes towards a uh, mentality that's pretty pervasive in the county, which is if you live in LaGrange, you drive past uh, Buckner and Crestwood and Peewee Valley into Louisville pretty often when you're leaving town, uh, and vice versa. So what we'd like to do is get our community to be aware of those things. And if you are in the mood for some good food, um, or, or to patronize any of our local businesses. Um, you know, I, I know that goes a long way, especially during this, this period of time. So, um, and thank you, Gustavo Reyes and, uh, Ernesto's is another great restaurant. El Caporal, all chamber members, all involved in the community, all do more than just serve, 
the food. So I want to thank that uh, all of our restaurant associations and, and groups that, that are out there and uh, encourage everybody to, to shop there. So those are our upcoming events. Uh, we'll looking forward to uh, having many more to announce. All right, I'm here with Sandy Hamilton. We uh, wanted to talk a little bit about kind of this the state of development. I mean, especially in the community here, but also, you know, nationally and even globally. I mean, we're talking about some seismic shifts in how business is being done, what businesses are affected and not affected. I mean, there's a, there's a real, um, well, there's just so much change happening all over the place. Um, <laughs> my wife had described it as a bunch of boards that sounded like they were about to break. Every time a news story comes on, there's some <laughs> institution that's, almost collapsing in front of us. So whether, uh, you know, as we record this on February 1st, we're kind of on the heels of all the stock market. Uh, I guess you'd call it turmoil. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's big uh, impacts happening to how people are behaving in the stock markets, at least a way to talk about it. Then you have um, the impact that the various versions of lockdowns have put business owners into different types of scenarios, some where they're able to adjust, some who can't adjust, some um, who, I guess, are just selected to be out of business temporarily uh, or a phase of their business or a part of their business. It doesn't seem to be extremely consistent on the mentality behind the science, um, although there there also seem, you know, there is a, there's a big problem. People are getting sick and dying, and, um, you know, we've had, a lot of people ask us, you know, how many businesses has Oldham County lost since the the shutdown? And, you know, countywide, we do not have a license or um, a permit or a way to require businesses to register, uh, which is a good thing, but it also makes it a little tricky t- for us to know. So we have a lot of anecdotal information, and we, you know, we certainly have, have lost some businesses and watched them close down. But I would say right now, we've probably seen more open up. Right. Um, than we've seen closed down. And in fact, it's a little surprising that some of the businesses that are um, surviving, um, you know, they just figured out ways to get around it. So I know, you know, restaurants are kind of the low-hanging fruit as far as the discussion goes. And they figured out curbside pickup. I think a lot of people who are home a lot now are probably not wanting to cook as much as they had anticipated. And so carryout seems to be doing okay. But you've got restaurants at minimal capacity um, and there's a lot of overhead uh, to manage there so this is not a tenable situation I think you also have uh, many uh, I don't know what the stats are but there's a lot of homes and forbearance um, because there's a policy that's not allowing for foreclosures to happen right now and at some point I guess that dam breaks um, Currently, it seems like lending is continuing. So as long as there's capital moving, you have people that are willing to make investments. We know that there's um, seems to be some, while like lumber prices are going up through the roof, there is still a lot of development happening. And as far as, you know, our business here is that we are a chamber of commerce that creates networking opportunities and offers programs and services to the existing businesses. But in addition to that, we're responsible for the economic development of the county, um, incenting growth, growing our tax base, growing jobs, and construction is continuing to move. So Chamber has slowed down and changed. Uh, we're, we're pivoting with that, but as far as economic development, we're as busy as we were pre-COVID, um, with some exceptions and some limitations on being able to meet. But uh, certainly some exciting things continue to happen in the county, and I think that's going to continue on, largely because of this list I have in front of me, it's a list of, uh, on this particular list, there's 12 um, road projects that are significantly impacting uh, the entire county and specifically between Exit 17 and Exit 22 um, that are creating a lot of interest in Oldham County. I would also say if you look at the impact that COVID has, um, the models that people have Followed when it comes to being employed and how they occupy office space is changing. The employers um, allowing people to work from home, uh, that has certainly uh, created a huge displacement in the workforce and has fast-forwarded a lot of trends 
we've talked about how before the pandemic, if you would ask somebody to do a Zoom meeting, they would have looked at you like you were crazy. What's Zoom? Yeah, now it's uh, now it's part of our vernacular, right? It's uh, in fact, you know, uh, we we put a, a lot of meetings together. It makes it a lot easier, a lot more convenient for people to not have to travel, and so that's it's in addition to being a, a useful tool, it's created some some uh, good opportunities, but ultimately it, it does not replace getting in person. Right. Um, so you know all this. We know all these things that are happening. But, but one of the things I think is really significant is that in addition to the people wanting to get into more open space, I think the rural communities are going to continue to grow, especially the ones adjacent to major metropolitan areas. So our proximity to Louisville um, has always been an advantage for Oldham County, but I think what we're going to see is some opportunities in the short term of people and maybe even businesses that are leaving the um, metropolitan area and looking for some of these counties in the outlying areas to, to grow. So in a sense, um, it could be good for us, but ultimately I think the, the, the lifeblood of the county is going to be directly tied to the success of the city of Louisville, and the city of Louisville has a lot of challenges right now. Definitely. So... I wanted to uh, talk with you, Sandy, a little bit about, for, for those of you that don't know, Sandy uh, has a background in retail development uh, that's very significant. She's done it at a very high level for um, a 30-year career, and she actually had retired early and come back to Oldham County, which was when we found out and we convinced her to come work with us. But she's been instrumental in helping locate new businesses here, and as we had put together a restaurant initiative to grow some of the amenities and things that we have here as our business and, and employers were requesting that. Uh, Sandy has been a great uh, asset to get those things accomplished here. So, Sandy, everybody asks us, we rarely are asked, when are we going to get the next top employer? When's the next Rawlings group coming? Uh, but, right. we, but we definitely get asked, when is the Chick-fil-A coming? When is a, insert my favorite restaurant here? Um, we also know that retail has uh, been a challenge for a while um, and that there's been major fluctuations around the globe because of Amazon and the Internet uh, opportunities. But would you take a minute and just tell us a little bit about coming out of um, the business that you were in, which would be leasing in malls, in commercial developments, uh, paddock shops is one, and uh, working Trader Joe's when it was here, leasing Oxmoor Mall. These are all things that you've done in your uh, storied career. Um, in addition to living in all kinds of different markets all around the ca- all around the country, um, from Florida to up in the Northeast, New York City, and uh, various places around. Can you give us a sense of what the winding down, or I guess there was a the way you had talked about it with me was. Leaving that industry and retiring uh, was a, it was a great time to do it because of the changes that are happening in the marketplace. So coming out of that, coming back to home to Oldham County, and now uh, moving forward in an area where we're trying to make some of these things in this new environment happen in our community, um, can you tell us a little bit about what that was like? What the what the feeling was like as you were retiring from what you did? And maybe maybe I'm doing it a disservice also if you want to explain a little bit more in depth about what the nature of your work was. Well, um, I was fortunate enough to uh, start with Federated Department Stores back in the very early 80s, pretty much fresh out of college. And uh, Federated Department Stores at the time probably owned 13 or 14 department store brand names. Um, Lazarus, Shilato's, and numerous others all around the country. And um, I w- started with the shopping center development arm of that. And uh, what would happen is that somebody with the Federated Department Store real estate team would say, we want to do a department store in, let's say, Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, so we, we need a mall to go with it. So our team, our group, there was about, eight or ten of us, we would work on putting that mall together. And that meant getting the other department stores lined up, make those deals, and everything from designing that shopping center to putting the stores in it, which is leasing it, and that's what I did, Mm -hmm. and opening it. So I spent, I don't know, probably 15, 16, 17 years 
doing that. Um, lived in several places, as you mentioned, including Cincinnati and Dallas. And then I switched sides of the fence and uh, went and represented retailers. So I started finding retail locations and would put those retailers in those malls that I used to develop. So that's when I lived in the Northeast for 12 to 14 years, worked for a $11 billion retail conglomerate, owned everything from linens and things to CVS drugs, Tom and shoes, and I can name many more names that uh, KB Toys that uh, are chains that are no longer with us. A few of them are, but most of them are not. And uh, I worked for Macy's in New York City, and I did their, I was senior VP of their real estate for their specialty short, uh, specialty stores, which was Charter Club and Aeropostale. Okay, and well, let me let me jump in there. What? When can we get a Macy's here in Oldham County? <laughs> when can we get a Macy's in Oldham County? We will not be getting a Macy's what? in Oldham County. Why not? Well, the one we've got Oxford, good schools. That and unfortunately, that's not what Macy's really looks for. Healthiest population in the state. That's not a, either what they look for. Mm. We've got to have. I mean, Macy's at Oxmoor. Uh, when I was involved in Oxmoor, that Macy's, well, first of all, it was a Shilato's. And then as the names got smaller it under a federated, it became a Macy's. And um, actually, Macy's out of New York bought federated department stores. So that's why they basically have Macy's and Bloomingdale's only now. But that Macy's was a very high-volume Macy's, uh, believe it or not. And um, so it would be too close. They would not go in Oldham County and put such a big store when it's literally 20 minutes away to get to Oxmoor. Okay. All right. Well, um, all right. No Macy's. What about Target? And Target would definitely work. Probably not. Not for a long time. Um, We are a county of 68,000 people. Okay. Okay. Something like Target is right there at Springhurst. And it, too, is a very high-volume store. It's a very high-volume store. Um, But they're not going to put another one so close. And they look for a Target, for example, is going to look for a couple hundred thousand people in maybe a two-mile radius. Right. And... We're our whole county, 68,000. Right. So we just don't have the people. So you're saying it's not that they won't put targets close together. It's just that there has to be a population balance to make sure that that, that ratio is um, profitable. That That's right. I okay. mean, because you can take Louisville. If you remember, there's a big target right at Westport Road and... Um, Hare Lane, give or take. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one at Springhurst. Right. As the crow flies, that's probably not even five miles. Right. But look at the population that you've got around those those two stores uh, and a very wealthy population for the most part. Right. Um, but you've got people. You've got St. Matthews, Westport Road. Well, do um, you think we could manage a Chick-fil-A? You know, I think we will eventually get a Chick-fil-A. Uh, in fact, I've spoken to Chick-fil-A about this market. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever do any Chick-fil-A deals? Definitely. Did numerous chick <laughs> Make sure you're getting deals. that in there. I know all the answers <laughs> to these questions, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I think I've told you this story. Um, when I lived in Florida, I did a lot of Chick-fil-A deals. And uh, even freestanding ones along the highway. Right. You know? And... When you're looking at the car counts, I mean, one of the things I thought would be a respectable sale on this market for Chick-fil-A are the cars that go by us on I-71, right? right? Sure. So um, right when I first started this job, you and I were looking at some traffic counts, and I was just floored that the numbers going past exit 22 were so low. Yeah. Relatively speaking, um, I was used to Florida 
numbers right. on the West Coast and the East Coast. I-75 on the West, 95 on the East. What were those traffic counts like? Would be 250,000, wow. 300,000 cars a day. Well, what are we at, like 150? I know the We weren't even that high. We were, I think, more like... 58,000 is what we the number were, was, yeah. Yeah, I think it was definitely under 100. Um, maybe if they counted the deer as well as the cars, <laughs> now there's our the counts would be high enough. <laughs> there's the um, Well, it sounds like you're saying we're never going to get anything out here then, right? I, I think, I, I really do think something like a Chick-fil-A and some of the other names that we all would like to see, Panera perhaps, uh, Panda Express perhaps. Kind of that fast casual. Yeah, I Qdoba. Right. I think we may see those in a three three to five year sure. mark. Sure. Um, I think as exit twenty comes in off of uh, let's I let's bring that into this. There's a road system that is developing uh, a lot of new roads and they're um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of development in the entire county. I mean, there's a lot of uh, eastern Jefferson County's, our border is blowing up with um, commercial growth. And then, of course, at Exit 14, we have a tremendous project in the Clor, uh Farm project that will have, uh, it will be a neighborhood that, that has public space and commercial uh, areas and high-end high housing. In- 2,000 units right. of that high-end right. housing. Which will really help to be able to land those types of That's projects. Right. And, of course, you know, that doesn't happen overnight. But as we come up the corridor, we know that is happening uh, at Exit 14. But from Exit 17 up to Exit 22, there are numerous road projects, including the new interchange that will be in Exit 20, um, an underpass at 393 and 146, an underpass at um, Allen Lane and 146. Um, an extension of Commerce Parkway that really create a uh, lot of parcels that are contiguous and allow for all types of development, everything from industrial to commercial to high-end office and what we have in Oldham Reserve, uh, with a new tenant uh, in Trilogy Healthcare that's going to build an assisted living facility um, and has an option to build some villas and additional things there. So those will allow and help for some of these amenities, I think, uh, as they come on. But I, I want to make sure that what we've done is frame this conversation accurately for those listening, that these types of projects we're discussing right now, whether it's a Target or a Chick-fil-A or any type of uh, amenity piece, that those are really critical parts to the development of community, but they are not necessarily economic development. They're a component of economic development. What we are looking for uh, to gauge success in the development of the county is the types of projects that bring high-quality jobs and grow infrastructure and uh, grow and vary our tax base so that as we continue to grow population-wise, that the, uh, the stress of the services that have to be provided isn't all placed on property tax, but also um, you know, uh, having businesses here that aren't necessarily generating um, extra schools, but actually creating new roads and uh, places that, that continue to develop the county smart. However, what we've noticed is over the years, a change in what people ask for. Uh, people that were in the past asking for, you know, how many acres do you have? What's the utility? What's the expense? Um, and now they're asking those very questions and adding to it, do you have walking trails? Uh, what's the quality of life for my employees going to be? What kind of amenities do you have for them? And so it's interesting because it puts Oldham County in a great position to offer a lot. Um, but it also shines a light on the fact that we have a lot to develop still. Um, we have a great quality of life, and it's attractive to businesses and to employees. Um, our school system is certainly a, a great um, incentive for people to want to locate here. But also, um, the growth of the amenities is an important factor that uh, employers are, as they are competing, because pre-COVID, we were dealing with the lowest unemployment in the history of the country, and uh, competition for employees was, was very fierce. So uh, every additional thing you could add made you that much more marketable as a, a community. One thing that uh, I'll circle back to as it relates to the targets and uh, big boxes, I'll call it, of the world, um, everything that you see at Springhurst okay, in the paddock shops, are very, very unlikely 
to make a move to Oldham County because of how close it is. Sure. However, you know, I'm just going to, I'm not suggesting on, on any means, by any means, that this retailer is coming to Oldham County, but I'm using it as an example to say a Menards mm-hmm. could eventually show up here. Right. They're, they're not in eastern Jefferson County. Uh, they look at markets. They're in Owensboro. Right. They're in markets that uh, feel a little bit more sure. like us and kind of fill in a little bit of a gap. Right. So I think if we do eventually see, and, and by the way, those big boxes are disappearing as our retail continually changes. Right. Um, right. You know, because e-commerce is hotter than yeah hotter than hot. It's just changing so fast. Also, I mean the the racetrack at Sparta, the Kentucky Speedway, is being uh, utilized by Amazon right now as a place to do the returns. Right. Um, and you, I mean, how many Amazon trucks do you see in neighborhoods nowadays? All day long. I would I would argue. Well, I don't know. Most people have a package coming this week, at least one. I mean, you probably David. Have. I have four coming today. <laughs> I have four coming today and another one on Wednesday. So well, guilty Was your charged. passion for uh, for retail because you like shopping so much? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that did factor into yeah, it many years I, I ago. I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> um, it's, it is an important aspect to what happens here, but this is a long uh, process of development. And right now we're at that phase where some of these restaurants and things will start popping up. But... We don't want to drive to another community to eat at those places. But in the meantime, the character, and this is my contention, the personality of this county um, is, is made by the independent businesses. And so, you know, in one of the earlier segments, we talked about uh, the restaurants that are popping up all over the place. And, you know, we've got a German restaurant, a Thai restaurant, um, we have a handful of Mexican restaurants, mm-hmm. but we also have some really great cafes and bistros, Wilders and Crestwoods uh, Bistro, 119 West Main. I mean, we've got we've got a lot of great restaurants out here. It just isn't thousands of restaurants like when you go into uh, a, a Jefferson County. However, when you look at those restaurants all around Jefferson County, I mean, give me a break. You know, you want us to dig in and go after that Panda Express here? It's going to get here eventually. We'll work on the project. Mm-hmm. You know, Menards, would people like to have a Menards here? Uh, maybe. But I'll tell you what, Watts Home Center is a great place Absolutely. to go shop. Absolutely. And you're helping a local business that has great competitive prices and good service. Um, great product. And and you know what? They, they've they been able to, I think that they'll be have their roots down and have established a great location there that at whatever point a Menards or a Lowe's or a Home Depot ever does uh, venture into the, the community, um, I think they'll have a place. They will have set, set their market and their customer base. And those are important things. We don't want those types of businesses or those types of restaurants to go away and just have Qdobas and Paneras and Panda Expresses. And I like all of those restaurants. But um, it's, it's having a healthy mix of independent business and some of those things I think is, is probably a better um, goal for us to have. Um, in the meantime, you've got industries that are just um, fluctuating. Office, um, in general, it, pre-COVID was a interesting challenge. I mean, downtown Louisville is really having a lot of problems recruiting office. Um, in fact, when you consider the amount of development that's happened in the city of Louisville over the last several years, um, the only conclusion I can come to is that we are an industrial town. Um, we have uh, obviously UPS uh, and Amazon, and our um, geographic lo- location makes that advantageous uh, for those types of businesses. But when you look at the type of office projects we've had in the city, most of them, with the exception of a few, I think, law firms that have relocated or are located here, it's just some shifting around of existing office. And in fact, when you look in the downtown area, and this is, we've got riot issues. Um, got a lot of problems in the downtown district now. What was, I mean, how many tens of millions of dollars have been spent to, to rebuild and, 
and get interest in the downtown area. And now it's, you know, it's questionable on what the status is that is going to be. Um, but that is, that is a important part to attracting business to this region that gives us an opportunity even to, uh, play ball. So the city is, uh, is going to need to step up, uh, its game. And then in the meantime, um, we are offering a lot of opportunities for businesses to come to this region, uh, from Oldham County with the highest educated workforce in the whole state, um, with a beautiful quality of life. And then of course, great opportunity to expand on the I-71 corridor. I-71 is going through a widening um, that is incredibly important that will go from Gene Snyder Expressway all the way to exit 22. Um, But this corridor uh, has UPS and Amazon in the Louisville end, uh, along with the International Airport. It has Amazon in the middle uh, in Sparta, and then it has uh, Amazon and another international airport up in northern Kentucky. So this leg of the Golden Triangle um, has been neglected, I think, from a state investment and a, even a regional investment um, uh, way. But that's changing, and that's been changing in the last year or two. So what we see now are opportunities to capitalize on a moment. And one of the things that the community had done was uh, the city and uh, of LaGrange and the county purchased the 1,000 acres for Oldham Reserve Business Park. Um, and that is going to be a great development because one of the, the challenges with that property over the time has been we've been so successful uh, with the Rawlings Group uh, moving in with 500 employees and getting up to over 1,600, um, which was just fantastic, not just for Oldham County, but the whole state of Kentucky. It was really high average salary um, and has just uh, made a tremendous Im- economic impact on the whole county. Um, and so with that success, made it a little bit harder to have access to some of the property. But since then, the city and the county have invested in extending Eden Parkway, which is currently under construction, uh, the building of East Peak Road. So the internal road system is getting constructed. Um, it's going to provide a lot more opportunity there. But the topography of that property doesn't lend itself to 500,000 square foot warehouse or manufacturing. Um, it's a very hilly property, uh, similar to that of Blank Baker Station. Um, but when you look at that and you see what's... Uh, if you were to drive through a Blankenbaker station, you can see how we can get 50,000, 60,000 square foot office in a really nice um, setting. setting back mm-hmm. there. Right. Um, and meanwhile, Rawlings has more employees than Brown Foreman and Papa John's corporate offices combined. So the significance of that business can't be overstated. That's right. Um, and in fact, it has, uh, Mr. Rawlings has single-handedly made the Old Reserve Project a, um, uh, a success. Um, so where we have to go now is continuing that success and Trilogy Healthcare is that, that next step. So we're excited about that, but the internal roads are going to make it possible for people like the Paneras and some of the, uh, people who want to be located off the, uh, interstate. Um, it's going to provide them some proximity to the interstate that they wouldn't have at necessarily exit 22 or exit 18 or 17, uh, and put some opportunities there. So the, there's definitely going to be growth there, but also we know that, there's a lot of office changing right now. Um, for um, a lot of offices, people are finding themselves working from home and having a different type of work-life balance. And for some employers, that's been a very positive effect. Some of them, I think it's uh, been hit or miss. Um, and I think we're probably going to go through this period of time uh, with employers continuing to assess that. But major companies, so Ford's corporate offices in Detroit, uh, have furloughed all of their uh, office staff until July of 21. Um, we had heard that a couple of months ago. So yeah. those are real commitment to making sure that they're doing business remotely. And, you know, if it wasn't working well, I can't imagine they would be committed that far ahead. Right. So, um, you know, what are the implications for that in the future? We'll probably see that change the design of office space. Um, it may be even more beneficial for Oldham County because rather than build a skyscraper, um, you might only need an office for 30 people right. and maybe those 30 people are going to be spread out more. So maybe the footprint doesn't change much, but we definitely are going to see those changes. Um, and until we're on the other side of the pandemic, I don't even think, I mean, the dust won't settle and the dust is going to settle before people really choose a direction. So right. in the meantime, in the meantime, I think they'll, they'll experiment and they'll, they'll try to make changes, um, and, and see what works best for them. So, you know, that's a real concern for moving forward in the future. However, there have been significant 
opportunities that we have seen through our office that have come through our various regional partnerships, whether it's um, relationships at the State Cabinet for Economic Development, for the Kentucky Association of Economic Developers, uh, Greater Louisville Inc.'s partnership, the I-71 uh, corridor, uh, corridor um, the Kentucky uh, um, I-71 corridor, I think KEDA is what it's called. Um, lots of acronyms for everybody. But there have been a tremendous amount of industrial projects that have uh, been going on really since the Bevan administration. And, you know, you can almost draw a line to the activity or a, a, you could graph it uh, related directly to the right to work legislation. Whatever your political beliefs it would be, it certainly has incented people to look at manufacturing in Kentucky. Um, where we stand as a county is a very desirable location for industrial projects based on our proximity to Louisville and our access to the I-71 corridor. But without a significant amount of industrial opportunities or zoned uh, spaces that are zoned properly, uh, which we don't have much of that, there's not too much we'll be able to capitalize on unless we were to consider making more accommodations. And so um, that's a conversation that we have going on locally that's uh, very significant that I think is a really important piece. Um, that if we were to make some effort to accommodate some of these really high-end industrial projects, uh, manufacturers, logistics companies, and whatnot, that uh, we have a great workforce that's kind of you know, um, lacking in some opportunities uh, up in Trimble County and Henry County and even Shelby County and, of course, here in, in Oldham County. But with our uh, Arvin Center and JCTC up the road in Carroll County, there's a, there's a lot of uh, potential to grow some industrial uh, strength here in the county um, that could lead to jobs and uh, tax base revenue and actually potentially not even be something that sprawls out into the county and affects any quality of life. So um, I know that's a real active conversation we're having. Um, what are your thoughts on this? You grew up in LaGrange, and you are Oldham County royalty. Um, <laughs> what do you think about Oldham County uh, in what directions we have to choose from and, and whatnot. Tell me, tell me what it's like to be a hometown girl coming back and we're sitting here talking about, you know, maybe we should bring some industri- uh, industrial projects in. Um, as I was growing up, it was definitely the mentality was there. I mean, my father was an elected official. Um, so the, the mentality was definitely there that uh, we don't want to grow. We don't want to see development happen. And, um, of course, I've been gone for 30, 35 years doing the career thing. And uh, I come back, and I still have friends and family members who would not care if there wasn't a single thing built uh, except maybe a few nicer restaurants brought to to town. So um, I'm afraid that uh, there is still some of that. Um, let's not develop uh, mentality sticking around. Um, although, you know, when we talk about industrial or manufacturing, it ha- the technology has advanced so far over the years that we're not, we're not talking smokestacks when we say that. We are talking about nice buildings that might have some sort of warehousing distribution part in the back of the building and the front part of it can look just like a glass office building. So, um, you know, we've got to get the message out there that we're not talking smokestacks. Um, and, you know, I think, I think it's just going to be a, a process, David, that when we get the um, we, places, when we get enough space or the right spaces that, we could land some of the, I mean, David and I have talked about this. We went through a count of the sites that we've been presented over the last 12, 18 months. And we've, we've passed, we've had to pass on over 60 projects. It was really incredible when that number, when we finally looked at what the total number was, it was shocking. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, they were yeah. good projects. These, yeah. uh, re, I know we got some here. Let's, let's give an example like um, to Sandy's point, we're not talking about smokestacks and dumping toxic waste into Floyd's Fork or anything like that. Um, give us an example of one or two of those projects, Sandy. 
Yeah, here's one. Um, it was going to be a it was a metals producer manufacturing and a refining operation. It was investment was going to be three hundred and twenty million. A hundred full time employees needed seventy five to a hundred acres, and uh, about a three hundred thousand square foot bu- of building area. Now that might have been two buildings. It might have been three, but you know that's a significant investment. Um, let me let me play devil's advocate here. Uh, let's say I'm uh, the average Oldham County and driving down the road, and I just heard you read off what was it, seventy five acres, mm-hmm. and and how much three hundred over three hundred million dollar of investment. That's right. Well, you all in that office are a bunch of idiots. We got acreage all over the place. You telling me you can't find seventy five acres in Oldham County, Sandy? We could find the acreage okay. uh, in a few places. But well, what's the problem then? Um, Are we incompetent? No. Let's, I'm not going to let us say we're incompetent. <laughs> Although some might say I'll edit that out. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Um, I mean, you've got to look at the zoning. Yep. We don't have a lot of industrial zoned land. Right. What we, about, we do have some. We have some. What about it? We have some. Um, I can't right off the bat think of. I don't want to list anybody's specific spots. Right. But. But there's might might be one that would get to as much as this seventy five to a hundred acres, but um, but you know to get the zoning changed, it's that's a six to nine month process, right. which is that's an average time length for most communities. It's not that we're a longer process, out of fairness to our uh, folks in the planning and development office. But but it is a process we would have to go it through. It's a process, and what else? Um, so if we got a zoning change, then we can be done? We get um, some stuff in? Well, not necessarily, because whoever is, uh, this happened to be a brokerage firm that yeah. uh, brought us this one particular one, but you then have to get that company or the company reps in touch with the landowners. Yeah. As you and I talk about all the time, we don't, we can't make the decisions. We don't make the deals. We connect the people. Right, and they have to make negotiate the deal. And now, in your make, old in your old role, uh, before you got here, you were making the deal. I was making the deal. You were making the deal. I was I was in charge of a lot of leasing teams, and we we had uh, what's called a performa or a budget on a project. And yep. as long as the parameters were already in that budget, yes, I could make that deal. Right, and. Uh, and I stayed with that deal till the lease got signed and the store got open. Right. No matter which side of the fence I was on. You're saying so, that's not the way we work now. No. I mean, as you <laughs> as you know, I was very involved in bringing cattlemen's uh-huh. to the market. Yep. And you, you saw me biting my fingernails every time I knew that the <laughs> landowner was going to be meeting with the cattlemen's guys because <laughs> I could do nothing. Right. I could do nothing. Right. Uh, except... Give each other their phone numbers. That's right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it um, it's we well. Don't know. Um, what I was also driving at was, in addition to the zoning changes that um, have to happen, you know, even our currently our current industrial zone land, some of it is attractive, however, it's hard to access, right? Um, or some of it's small. Um, what we hear a lot from, we've had. Uh, I won't say their specific name, but uh, from brokerage uh, firms, like the vice president of industrial development for probably the major broker uh, brokerage round, has visited multiple times. We've taken them through the county, shown them the GIS system, shown them what we have as they are hungry to find places to put their projects. Um, and the zoning change creates a time window that most companies aren't willing to wait for. Um, and then there's also the infrastructure infrastructure so access via roads or mainly things like sewer right um, or the zoning of an area isn't necessarily a lot of these manufacturing projects are landing in parks that are very nice parks um, and old industrial parks aren't necessarily the most attractive things but the newer ones are actually very nice and one of the things they have mentioned about some of the existing zoning uh, industrial zoning we have is that it's next to tin cans that was an actual quote from a large uh, group out of the Midwest. 
Um, and we don't want to be with a bunch of tin cans. We want to be in a nice park. Right. Um, so we do have some spots where we could create some of those opportunities, but they come with investment. And that investment could be either the public's purchase of land or a partnership with a private landowner um, that allowed for um, creating a new zoning. But things like uh, extending sewers to my favorite example of this for a conversation. And the reason I like talking about it on the uh, podcast is anybody who hears it knows that this is something we're all wanting to change, wanting to affect, um, but it's a heavy lift, and it's an understandable lift, but that is, um, if we were to, uh, and we are advocating for the extension of utilities to exit 17, which would allow for a lot of projects that have been interested, but because there's no sewers there, this is the old Trout County Ford uh, site, but because there's no sewers there, we're likely going to get something uh, that's not really that great of a project. Um It'd be a good project for the owners of the property, but I think, you know, whether it ends up being, it could be storage, it could be, you know, any number of things. But because that lack of infrastructure is there, we can expect less of a capital investment that actually would churn some sort of revenue for the community uh, to be put back into the community, Um, which really lies the problem. Um, You've got a couple of issues that, you know, our fiscal court uh, has to be careful about how they spend private mo- or public money, and to improve a private uh, landowner's property by running utilities through it could be something that is not very um, it's not received well in the public. However, um, if a property is a, a potential asset to land uh, an economic impact or an engine, then uh, I think it is worth the consideration. And I don't think that our uh, elected officials really struggle with whether or not they could make that happen. But the real problem is there's not a way to recapture the revenue of that investment currently. Um, there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. We've got a lot of conversations going on how that could work. So um, it's not that we don't that, that we would think this is the only way. However, the current status would be that if the fiscal court were to invest in sewers to say exit 17, there's no compensation revenue or occupational tax or a type of tax revenue to pay down that uh, investment, which, of course, makes it not a good financial choice, uh, potentially. Right. So, um, so we're kind of stuck in that situation, and we, I think we have a good conversation going on, but um, it's, it's a challenge to understand the will um, of landowners and elected officials when it comes to a massive lift like, you know, a multi-million dollar sewer extension project um, to get something that we don't know exactly what would go there. So, um, however, we've had plenty of uh, looks at different types of things that would go there. So we we do have a sense there, but um, I don't mean to ramble, but I, I guess the point of this conversation was to kind of give a sense of, I hope that it, you know, I, I like to offer explanations to people who ask us why not this or couldn't we get a, I mean, we get emails all the time from people that are, have, you know, need ideas about, oh man, I was in this community and saw this. We'd love to have that there. Um, those are, those are very, those can be very productive conversations, but ultimately any business that is going to locate here or be something that uh, is expanded um, is going to happen because a private business owner, uh, entrepreneur type is going to sweat blood to make it happen. And committees put together by the community uh, or our office or elected officials or other organizations that get together and say, yeah, would it be great if we had, you know, insert my favorite project over there on that corner that's not particularly for sale? Um, that's, there's not much you can do with that because you have to find somebody who's got money who thinks that same way and has created a business plan and they're going to show up and do that business every day. So to create a business from scratch in a committee meeting and say we should try to get that in that building over there that's not something that is controlled or owned by anybody in that committee um, is really an enormous, staggering waste of time. Um, And is, I believe, in a lot of, I'm being a little prickly about this, but I believe in a lot of communities and economic development organizations or community development groups um, that this is a fatal uh, topic of conversation. And it is something that I find us, um, I see our, you know, I, won't, I don't want to speak for our director of tourism uh, from the county, uh, Kim Hides, but 
Um, it's something we talk about a lot, which is there's a lot of discussion about things that nobody really is going to uh, spend money on. And, right. and therefore, what's this conversation really? Um, that's not to say that dreaming isn't a, an important part of it. But, um, you know, right now, I think the critical effort for the entire county um, is to continue to look at all of the properties we have available for business development as assets that we are um, that we are promoting and that we have strong lines of communication with the business owners or the property owners about so we can have a sense of what it is, um, what opportunity looks like when it knocks on the door or when we're able to, in a conversation uh, or outreaching to brokerage groups or whatever, can say, okay, this sounds good. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an opportunity to jump in here. Um, the old train station used to be the chamber office. And uh, I've spent uh, many of my first years working here in Oldham County out of that building. And it's a really neat old building, and it's got a lot of potential. Uh, the downtown district just seems to be kind of bustling with lots of new projects, new buildings, uh, or new renovations of buildings that have gotten purchased yeah. with concepts uh, the old serendipity building three, is going to have sales. Yeah, it's going to have a speakeasy in it and a restaurant component and an art uh, pop-up art gallery. I mean, that's going to be a really cool project. Um, you know, uh, Julie Coons's uh, spot, the the wedding venue place, is is great. There's a what's the hat um, business um, called? What I don't the name of that. It's like cobbler. What what does a hat person do? The Miller. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. It's like the Miller. Somebody's Miller. screaming at there. It's called this. Um, but right. there's that type of place, which you know fits with the wedding dresses and the themes that are popping up. And then, of course, you got you know wine and spirits and art. And um, I'm working with. I knock on wood that we can come up with a spot, but um, gelato space. Yep. She's got uh, six units around the state. Right. So she's a proven. Operator, so and, uh, so those are great wins for um, you know the downtown yeah. district for sure as far as building some foot traffic and some synergy yeah. there, but the the overall effort uh, has to be a longer effort on attracting a tax base that has significant employment that raises the average salary um, for people that live in the community, um, which is skewed. Uh, because of the wealth of the community, we have the highest average household salary. Um, but there's a lot of households in Oldham County where it's not that affluent. And there's there are people working multiple jobs, and people have been furloughed. Uh, there's big business here in Oldham County that is struggling, believe it or not, from um, you know the effects of COVID. Um, big businesses related to events, um, sporting events, and, um, you know, just some huge, huge things here. So um, I'm looking at a, a jumping off point. I wanted to – I've got my list here. What else do you got to say for yourself, Sandy? <laughs> <laughs> um, Where do you see us getting – That's a that's, know, that's a loaded a, that's a question. That's a very loaded question. Uh, it's hard to answer that right now, it too. Is. It's, it is. Uh, I mean, because the unknown, and I hate to we hate to keep bringing this up, but the unknown is what becomes our new normal. Yeah. With this the COVID situation. Yeah. Um. So we don't know our new normal. Um, but we've we do have a lot of positive things with all of the road projects a new intersection, potential opportunity to add some industrial uh, opportunities to the to our inventory, I'll mm-hmm. call it. Oldham Reserve, we you know, it'll build up. It may not build up exactly as it was planned back in two thousand five. Right. Because the world's changed. Right. But, you know, the master plan does include some some residential sure and it's much needed yeah um, so it will build up yeah uh, just like the Clor Farm project they're calling it Clor Station I believe um, 
that's that's another twenty five year right. project. Right. Which sounds forever, but it's not. It's, yeah, it's not. Look, I mean, two thousand five <laughs> was when Talma Chalker jumped in at Oldham Reserve, took an option on the land, and here we are at two thousand. 21. Well, it won't take 25 years to get it started. It's going to start soon. Yeah, uh, the, the Chlor one. Yeah, yeah. they're going to take a, a small commercial section. Yeah. Uh, and it, it'll probably be breaking ground within three years. Well, I'll tell you, that project is going to, it's it's significant for many reasons. But one of the things that we had a um, an urban planner from Cincinnati come visit with us we had met when we did some outreach in Cincinnati and he did an assessment uh, of the community. And one of the things he came back with that was really interesting as a comment was just that, you know, for the wealthiest population in the entire state of Kentucky, you wouldn't know it exiting any of the uh, any of our inter- interchanges. Yeah. And boy, that's a really strong statement. And uh, it kind of created some clarity from that um, perspective um, but this is something where you can see the Chlorostations project be a significant contribution to changing that perception. Definitely. Um, in fact, significantly so, being the on the doorstep of Oldham County coming out of Jefferson. the city. Um, but also you have, you know, the mayor of LaGrange has done a great job of beautifying uh, downtown LaGrange. Uh, Corey Rusnak and that group uh, does the, um, uh, forgive me, I'm, the man who uh, keeps those flowers, flowers so nice. Exactly. I'm, oh, shame on me. But they do it. Public Works in the city of LaGrange does a fantastic job of, uh, and has done a fantastic job of improving, you know, that perception. And, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. There's um, the addition of the murals, Michael Prather's. Yeah, that's a uh, local artist doing that. We've got a mural we're going to have on our building here. We're trying to improve a building here in the, uh, yeah. the downtown district that hopefully is going to contri- contribute to its. Um, I guess it's the, the, the quality. Uh, you know, City Place is a good example of that. That's, you know, City Place is a great, it's a great topic because um, now that we're not housed there, um, I, I guess it's not specific to not being housed there, but I, there have been times where people have shared with me their thoughts on City Place as an architectural design. Um, and, and some being critical, which is it's funny to me because um, I think it's a stunning facility. It's, um, I love the architecture. I love that it sticks out. Um, and the reason I love all of that was confirmed by the people that we had visiting. We were hosting, I mean, hundreds of meetings a year, uh, which is something we tracked our use of the conference room. Right. And every single time we had somebody from out of the com- community step into that facility, they commented on how nice it was and they wouldn't have expected that in uh a town like lagrange right and i think that's probably locally some people thought oh that thing it's it's too modern or it's not as traditional or uh, whatnot but it is a forward-thinking piece of architecture and intentionally and i think that that contributes to the mindset of the people who are going to move the business community forward Uh, and i i say that by um all of these people who um, are in and around the in the Lagrange area, like downtown Main Street. Again, is a good example. We've got a lot of new investment, new faces uh, of people that are there. And part of what makes those concepts uh, move forward is is that that building's there, and it, it catches you off guard. And it makes people recognize, oh, this is this is kind of neat. Well, yeah. we've got a real traditional corridor here. We've got a nice modern facility that it it fits well with it. And then you know the inside outside. Uh, whether it's the courtyard and the water feature or the two pavilions that are made readily available and accessible to um, the business community, uh, the chamber for, for many years. Um, and even though they do rent the space, they, they have grant programs for nonprofits, do fundraisers there. And really, uh, Cheryl Gurr is managing the uh, event space of it. But, you know, without an event space, it's you know, we're, we're limited on having larger events and whatnot. So City Place is one of those things that also has improved the downtown approach. Um, and then you have other buildings that have been, uh, you know, that they're working on and, and improving. There's been discussion of a gateway uh, as you come up high, uh, Highway 53 that kind of welcomes you to LaGrange and lets you know that you're in a place. Um, and then, of course, you've got assets like the History Center, 
and um, fiscal court, of course, in the town square. But this is a place with a history that is that that would preceded busing, and so whatever the development of the bedroom community um, aspect of our personality, um, that is not uh, the original. Um, sense of, of, I guess, who we are as a community. And so I think that that's something that's significant when it comes to um, a sense of place. And as you have new businesses and new business owners and, and people who come in and buy these old buildings up and start fixing them up, they want to, they want to melt into it. They want to be part of, of uh, they want to be part of the community, not just come in and, uh, you know, be looked at as outsiders. So. Right. Um, which is something that I really like about Oldham County. And, you know, we see it in our chamber membership a lot. New faces that are always welcomed, and it just doesn't feel very clicky. You would think that about a community like this, but right. I think that there's a maturity um, to it that that's advantageous to the average uh, business person. So, yeah. um, well, that's that's all of our time right now. Did I forget anything, Sandy? Is there something that you wanted to cover? I don't think so. Okay. I think we- well, we appreciate you tuning in. We're going to do this weekly, uh, the Oldham County Business Podcast. We are going to be looking forward to our next episode where we'll have a guest uh, uh, in addition to Sandy at least, um, and we'll be making that announcement soon uh, when I confirm the speaker. So have a great uh, work week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Take care.